Turn with me this morning in the Bible to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. It always amazes me how, well, it amazes me if it does. It amazes me how God does things. It does not surprise me. How about that? God lines things up. Uh, Matt quoted scripture, read scripture this morning that we're going to use. John chapter 16, verse John 5. And he basically, and I hope you listen to his scripture reading this morning because he gave you the summarized version, probably much better than I'll do, of the message this morning. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. It's, it's all about him. It's not about us. You pray with me this morning as I entered the church and walked over and came in for worship. People, and I thank the Lord I was born and raised in the South, but we, uh, we do not greet each other hello or hi. How do we greet one another? How you doing? But I find it very hypocritical to answer fine when you're not. And so this morning, it may have sounded like whining, but I was being very frank and honest. People said, how are you doing this morning, Pastor? Not good. I woke up yesterday morning for the first time in almost 53 years with vertigo. And I, I you know, the whole world spinning, felt like my eyes were going to jump out of my head. I felt nauseous ever since and didn't walk around and I basically just have been a couch potato since and just trying to pray and uh, texting my Tillius Pastor, tell me something, help me out. And uh, it, it has helped, but this morning, if I, if you see exactly my, my point right now, if I start hunting for words and stuff, you just bear with me for just a moment. Because God has a word. Out of all the times, God, I was like, God, really? I've got to preach this, and I feel like this today. But when Matt spoke life through John 16, I knew they were on track. So, a pastor friend of mine asked me the other day, called me, How, how's everything doing? I said, well, you know, uh, business is booming. I visited every hospital it seems like from Macon to Savannah. We've had several family members lose family members this week. And I mean, it's just been one thing after another. And there's trials and there's tribulations and there's heartaches abounding. And then uh, uh, Becky asked me one morning, she said, uh, you'll be turned on the news. I'm like, you know what? No. No. I don't. I don't want to, I want to hear news. I don't see the news. I have pretty much done away with most, even social media because of all the the stuff, but you know, it's always going to be something, right? You do know that, right? And probably the greatest truth I heard spoken this week came from our former youth intern, J.D. Someone had posted it, and there were calls, and I, and I appreciate it. There were calls 
for the Christian church and local churches to speak up against racism. And he said, and he put this response. He said, what if our church already does that and lives it every day? And I stopped and I said, thank you, God, for his Because I believe we do. I don't believe that we have to just all of a sudden make a show and say, hey, we're against racism. We're against this whole idea that being white makes us somehow better because we understand without the grace of God, we will all die and go to hell. Eastside gets that. But man, you watch TV. Christians, don't buy into that stuff. Listen, you didn't, you, you didn't fight the Civil War. You, you don't even know somebody who did. You know we don't even have any living World War One veterans. And almost, I mean, and there's hundreds of thousands of World War II veterans that are dying every day. They're only gone in just a few more years. Now I'm saying, do not, and, and I, I hate the idea, and I'm not even going to get into the whole history lesson, but you can't get away with history. History is history, like it or not. We ought to learn from it and go forward. But here's the thing I want you to understand today. Our victory is not found in being Southern. Our victory is not found in being white. Our victory is not found in being black or being Hispanic or being wealthy or being from Evans County or being a Georgian. It is not in being an American. Faith is the victory. Faith, faith, faith. Well, I thought, where in the world is he going? Listen, when Paul wrote the book of Romans, the Holy Spirit really went deep and dealt with every level of soteriological uh, understanding, the doctrine of salvation just drips off of every page in every avenue and area of God's salvation. But you see, there's two things, and this is where I want us to start. If faith is the victory, we can, for the most part, quote Ephesians 2 8. Right? Or by, are you saved? Through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. And not, not of yourselves, not of works. Those two things. So let us not get faith and, wor and, and works mixed up. James is very explicit when he says that faith will declare our works, but faith does not exist because of our works. It is by grace you are saved. Now, you remember when you placed your faith? That's what we just heard. That's what we just heard. And, and for my grace, you say through faith. We heard Matt read it in John 16 and 1 John 5, 4. That great, that, that faith is the victory. But it is grace. Grace greater than all of our sin. You see, we understand. Grace is the substance. Faith is the vehicle. Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Christ died to provide us grace. And you can believe all you want and all the gods you want. 
you can believe that you've really done good and you've really accumulated spiritual wealth in heaven by attending, by giving, by doing, by baptizing, by all the other stuff. But it will not avail you anything without grace. Grace. So let me ask you a question that one of my seminary professors asked the class one day. He said, how are you saved? We said, grace through faith. So there is saving faith in the act. We said, absolutely. For by grace you saved through faith. Come on. You're supposed to be a professor. You ought to know this. It, this saving faith is what we have entered into when the Lord reaches down and in His long-suffering and mercy, we place our faith and trust in Him. He does the saving. Okay? You did not attain. He reached out for you. You love Him because He first loved you. You did that, right? Not a words. So, there is the standing of saving faith. This is our standing with God. And it is eternal. Nothing can stand between you and God. If you are a child of the living King. You hear what I'm saying today? You want victory in your life? You want to deal with loss? You want to deal with financial ruin? You want to deal with bullies? You want to deal with all the junk that the world is throwing at us from the far left and the alt-right and everything else in between? We have to understand as children of the living God, there is an eternality in faith. It is the saving faith. But here's what the professor asked. He said, are you living as believers with the same faith? Is there a difference in saving faith and living faith? And we started down every rabbit trail we could chase and came up empty every time. The truth is, once we're saved, we still must live by that same faith that we placed in Him that saved us. Now, remember, I, I, I'm talking about He saved, not us. I'll make that very clear. So if there's anything in between that I say out of context, and, and please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It is the Lord that saved us. When we place our faith and trust in Him, we ought to be doing this every day. You don't know why we're getting so beat down? You don't know why we get so just overwhelmed by things? Because we take our eyes off of Why did Peter sink? Took his eyes off. Why did he deny it? Because he took his eyes off His faith was not a living faith. There is the standing versus state. All of us are not. In the greatest state. You know, it's the difference in the spirit indwelling and filling. Dr. Stanley used to always say there's one indwelling, many filling. If not so, then why did he say be ye filled? We must, we are empty vessels that can hold no water. But even a broken vessel put under enough water will finally fill up and run over if the source continues to pour into it. Get that? Now I want you to hear with me this morning. Grace is the substance. Faith, faith is the vehicle. But it's all through Jesus Christ 
and faith is the victory. So how do we live in victorious faith? How do we live in that? How do we live in the face of animosity? How do we live in the face of the world crying for adherence? And all you bunch of fanaticals and all this and all that. How do we deal with racism? How do we deal with the pre-understanding we were raised with? Can I break it to you? I want to break something to you that please don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger, but the truth is we all have our pre-understanding. The likes and dislikes of our parents, our grandparents, our guardians coming up are, are thrust upon us just by the natural ingrainment of daily life. Here's the bad news. Those people we love and respect weren't always right. I had those godly grandmothers that we all think about. You know what? My grandmothers were not always right. We need to understand. We do not put people on a pedestal. There was only one that was to be lifted up, and it was Jesus Christ. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men into me. But he wasn't lifted up on the pedestal of the temple or the tabernacle or anything else. He was raised up between heaven and earth, nailed to a cross. So, that we can have what we're going to read today. Romans 5.1 Therefore being justified by faith. Being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.6 Paul wrote that we are accepted in the beloved. It is through Jesus Christ. He says right here, we have been justified by faith and through that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, having been accepted. What does that even mean? Accepted. Accepted in the beloved. The Bible tells us, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, Jesus said. Jesus is the mediator. Jesus is the advocate. You cannot just simply approach the throne of God. Last week we spoke of Ebed Melech who went before the king's throne and pleaded that he may go and rescue Jeremiah. He had great boldness. He could do that. But we know it was at the risk. Though he was a weak king, that king could have made a stand and had his life taken. Smoke or no for the simple reason that he approached the king without the king first approaching him. But listen, the Bible tells us, and I love this, in Hebrews chapter 4, we can now come boldly to the throne of God. How? And why? We can now come boldly to the throne of God that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Why? Because Jesus is a better sacrifice. Because he's a better high priest. Because he is our mediator. He is our propitiation. Jesus is our everything. And we're accepted in Him. When Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. That was not just a specific prayer about Roman soldiers nailing into the cross, but for the Jews who cried, 
crucified, and for the Gentiles who had sinned, not even knowing who he was. We are accepted in the beloved, and what does it bring us? The one thing the world cries for cannot find. Peace. Peace. Wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father of peace. We have peace with God the Father because we're accepted in the beloved. Church, you want to know how to face the world when there's such wrangling and anger and rancor and just a caustic attitude. Everybody's walking around today like I think you're going to offend me so I don't like you. We're waiting to be offended. We're looking for a good reason to be offended. But I'm here to tell you as believers, we ought to be walking around understanding we offend him. Because of our sin. But because of His Son and the Father's love for us through the Son, we are accepted. Stop with the judgment of negativity. Now, I don't, I'm not one of the kind that believe in this false doctrine that as believers we can't judge. Oh, judge God, but you be not judge. I'm going to tell you something. As long as I'm living, I'm going to judge. And it's biblical. It's biblical. I'm going to judge my children's friends because God gave me that authority. I'm going to judge the spirits because God told me to to see if they be of Him or not. I'm going to judge situations in my life. Is this where God wants me for such a time as this? Church, that's what I'm talking about. And the positive judgment. The negative judgment is, I don't think he measures up. I don't think she's everything she presents. That's between them and God. My peace is not found in my acceptance of the world. Listen, young people. Young people, look at me. Your, your peace being fulfilled will not be because of what clothes you wear, what kind of tennis shoes you have, what your friends think of you. Because friends come and go. Your acceptance in Jesus Christ is where you'll find peace. It's not how many likes you get. It's not how many shares and retweets. It's not how many friends you have and people who follow you. That is not acceptance. Because I'm here to tell you, they come and they go. Your acceptance in Jesus Christ is what will give you peace. Are you having a hard time? Listen, I've always had a hard time. Old people like me. I, that's my nature. I, and it's a bad nature sometimes. And I think the Bible teaches us that if we want friends, we must first show ourselves friends. And I just don't understand why anybody not going to lie. Y'all know what I'm saying? Every one of you, well, some of you may lie. I know why people don't like me. And it's a lot easier to look at other people and say, I know why they don't like me. Well, why they don't like me? The truth is, we do not go with a great arrogance. I don't care if you like me or not. But we go with a great humility trying to reach and show love. It is nothing to be proud of to be a mean, hateful, arrogant, self-centered, just 
mocking person in the world that claims the name of Jesus Christ. You are hurting the church. Just tell people you lost and dying and going to hell if you're going to act like it. Don't tell them you go to east side if you act like hate-filled, peaceless person. But peace that resounds, peace that overcomes is peace with God. It's found in being accepted in the Son. It's peace with God and peace through God. But then it's peace abiding in God. When things are not going well, when I don't feel good, there's a peace. There's a peace at the funeral home. When we're dwelling, abiding, when we understand we've been accepted. In the doctor's office. In the boss's office. Even in the roughest of times. And some of the places I've been in this world, I'm like, damn. They're on fire for God. And, and people say, oh, how do they do it? I'm going to tell you, the truth is, they understand that they're accepted the blood. That's all they've got. So they're not worried about all the trappings of the world. But we're worried about, oh, do people think that I'm keeping up and am I matching up? Listen, peace abiding in God is understanding that we have been accepted. The blood, this is faith that brings victory. This victory, this, this living faith of as a believer every day facing the world of unknown and saying, I know where my acceptance is. Lies that's being found in Jesus Christ. Not peaceful. Oh, look at it. I'm ready to die because of the peace that God gives me. But I'm not in a hurry. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all can get it right. I'll never forget. I've told you this story that I'm old, so I'm going to repeat myself. On my way to Honduras on a mission trip, 22, 23 years old, I'm on a seven something old plane that I can't even pronounce the name of this air carrier. It was somewhere out of Central America. Pan Sasha or Sasa or something like that. And we had flown from Atlanta to Miami. And then from Miami, we were flying on down to Honduras. I didn't know I was flying into the second most dangerous airport in the world. And I just knew I was wanting to go on a mission trip. Honduras where I was going. That was the airport. I'm glad I didn't have to walk. And so I flew on a plane and we, uh, we left Miami. I wasn't big into geography at the time. I didn't understand how big the world was, where everything was placed, but I kind of knew kind of where things were. But I didn't understand the full ramifications of airspace and who owns it and who does what. And so long story short, we are off in the plane. This was way before 9-11. And so they would literally fly with the cockpit door of pilots, I mean, It'd be open. And so I'm sitting on an inside aisle seat. Not too, it wasn't 
first class. I don't even know if they had first class on that plane. But we were sitting, I was sitting on the inside aisle, and I'm just sitting there relaxing, you know, I'm young, brave, looking forward to the mission trip. And all of a sudden, the plane goes into a descent. I can see the ocean out the front window and he's, the, the, the pilot begins to start in a very frantic voice, speaking in Spanish. And I mean, he's down, he's banked, and he's doing all this stuff, and I can see the ocean. I'm like, God, really? You're, I'm trying to go on this trip, you're going to kill me? No. I'm going to die right here, I'm 20-something. And you know, God, that's good, I know where I'm going, but really? Do I have to die now? Can I just go tell people I'm doing? About Jesus and you know not have been married, don't have any kids. I mean, now you go really? I just got my life straight and right with you. I think in my mind, and so he goes, oh, la, 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 you know, the whole nine yards. We're dying. Oh, buckle up, protect yourself. We're crossing the ocean. And all of a sudden, it stopped, and then you come across in English, and, it, and you know, and all of a sudden it's like, ladies and gentlemen, we're all, we're uh, going around space and uh, uh, in just a few moments we'll be uh, preparing the land in the winter. Enjoy the beautiful view and we'll be over there in just a few. And I went from absolute just all oh, dying because I didn't know the language to this going to be alright. Sometimes we, we we just don't know the language. God is saying, hey, it's going to be all right. It's all going, listen, it, it may be bumpy. We're going around some things. We, we may be going, but listen, one day, right now, we're preparing for landing. We know in whom we believe, and we have hope. We, we have faith that he is able to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day. We're accepted. Amen? Accepted. Don't let anybody tell you you're less when you're saved. Don't think you're more because you're saved, but know you're a child of the king. Amen? You don't have to play, listen, girls. You don't have to buy into something because the little boy says, if you love you. Listen, God loves you. God loves you. Listen, boys, don't fall for the trap of, hey, do this, do this. If you're tough and you're strong like us, do this. I know a lot of people. I could drive by the, 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 the cemetery and said, yeah, he bought into that. He bought into that. He bought into that. Jailhouses are full. Not only are we accepted in the beloved, this faith gives us this victory and acceptance, but access. Everybody likes access. We like to flash our potential. And uh, when they voted me in at the uh, city council uh, four or five years ago now, Claxton to be a chaplain for the police and fire, uh, Edward Carroll got together and got me a chaplain's back. So when I go into places, I can show them and listen. I went, when I visited the hospital the other day, I mean, I see you, they want to wait to see you. I just take it, flip that, and fold it in here. And they look down, and the sun is open the door. 
it gives me access that even as a pastor, I've seen that. I used to do like to walk up and I'd say, I am so and so pastor. And they say, Oh, man, pastor's coming. Now they're like, Nah, can't have one too. Now, pastor could go in, I see you anytime, anywhere, see anybody. Not like that. I like to have those credentials I get to go and do what I want. When I want. But you know, when we're in Christ, this access, he said in verse 2, for in verse 1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Listen, this access into grace is through the Son. And thereby, or whereby, in this grace that we stand, we stand. Having done all to stand. He tells us that in Ephesians chapter 6. He tells us that in Galatians chapter 6. He tells us all through his epistles, stand in faith. Stand. And having done all to stand, withstand the fiery dogs. Withstand the devil. Stand in the grace that God has given us. Having faith that God is able to give us the victory that we're more than conquerors. Church, are you hearing me this morning? Stop living under a level of spiritual poverty and start living in the victory that is Christ. It's access into grace whereby we ought to stand and stand there. Because the world's going to push you, trying to knock you off. Trying to get you unbalanced. I'm you, I know something about unbalanced last 48 hours. That's afraid to stand up. That looks like something off live PD. I ain't even that because I might just go on and do it. But that's the way we are. The world tells us, uh, the world tells us, oh, you're all right, but God's word says you're just staggering around as a drunk, as a wind that blows around. We must stand in the access that we have to the Father. Don't let anything stand between us. And you know what happens? We rejoice. This is my whole idea. I almost think this the building blocks of faith. But we don't lay the blocks and it gives us faith. This is what faith gives us. So faith is the victory. And in this access, in the grace, we stand. But because of that, we rejoice. He said we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I know it looked bad looking at Charlottesville. I know it looked bad seeing what happened in Barcelona. <coughs> seeing people spit upon one another. And the stuff they throw on each other, the words that they use, and horrific things that they Listen, it's terrible. It's, it's unbelievable how low and base we get in some of that stuff. But listen, don't buy into it. Understand, we can rejoice in the fact that our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in the glory of God. What does that even mean? It means James 1, 2. Count it all joy. What does that word joy mean? Can it all joy in what? When we fall into tribulation or trials. And this glory means a cheerful joy. That's why in the midst of such heartache and trials and tribulation, 
You see a believer who smiles and says, my hope is found in nothing less than Jesus and his righteousness. We glory in him. And in so doing, we glory in tribulations. What did Matt read to us this morning? Matthew 16, 33. He says, this things, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He didn't say you'll have peace when you leave the tribulation. He said you'll have peace through the tribulation. Faith is the victory. We glory even in tribulations. What is this? Trials. Trials of the flesh, trials of the spirit. Satan's going to buffet us. He's going to come against us just like he did Paul. He's going to beat upon us every chance he gets. But you know what happens? When we stand in the excess of grace and we begin to rejoice in that excess, when we start displaying God's glory by us glorying in this cheerful joy that we know who we have believed in, even in the face of tribulation, it will begin to work patience. It's in verse 3. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. You know what that word worketh means? It means to accomplish. It will begin to accomplish patience in our lives. And patience will work experience. And so when we glory and we find cheerful joy in the face of trials and tribulation, then along will come patience. We will begin to persevere. We will be able to endure, not because we can somehow muster up the strength, but we'll start understanding it's not our strength, it's his. We can face an unruly child. We can get on our face before God and face with endurance the trials set before us, running the race, he said. Endure. Endure. Endure loneliness. Endure bitterness. Some of you may have family members that haven't spoken to you in years. It breaks your heart, isn't it? You find hope and joy in the endurance that is crafted. But now, if it's your fault, you need to humble yourself before God, the mighty hand of God, and go and plead forgiveness. If they don't forgive you, that's on them. But we need to understand tribulation works patience or endurance. And what does endurance work? Experience. You know how you'll be able to tell your kids, I know, I've been young. When I get this age, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to tell my, I'm going to raise my kid. Oh, man, I did all this stuff. I know none of y'all did that, right? And I hear myself bark something out, and I said, how did Dad get down here? Daddy, where you at? And then I realized, oh, no, I said that. Is we learn and we grow and we learn through the trials and tribulations so that when we are faced with those situations in our lives, through trials, 
through the tribulations that brings the endurance and perseverance, we begin to grow in our experience, which is nothing more than character. Some Christians have no character. But they have no experience. And the truth is, if they have no experience, the probable cause of that is they're really not Christian at all. See, I think a lot of Romans is much like James. When people say, oh, I don't, I don't believe that he is speaking in this term, analogy, and some will say, oh, he's teaching us that we can be lost again. This is what Paul is explaining to us, especially with the Hebrews, is not that we can be lost again, but that if we act like that, we were never really saved to start with. There is no experience. Because there was never faith to begin with. But you know what happens when in the face of tribulations we have cheerful joy? And through that cheerful joy comes this enduring patience. This experience grows and we're able to stand in the face of adversity. And through that comes hope. Because we know this is not all there is. Church, this is not all we A lot of them have lost family members. They've gone on. You know what? You're not built to feel a home or a cemetery. The life continues on. And one day someone will go home from out. The Lord had to come back. But I'm going to tell you the way I, the stuff that I've been saying, that's the only hope I have in looking at you. Jesus, Lord, I know you to be coming back soon. So we ought to cry even so, Lord. That is our hope! You know what that does for us? When we have hope, makes us unashamed. He said in verse 5, hope makes not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. It means we're not, a, we're not disappointed. Are you disappointed in Christ? Did Jesus let you down? But don't give me the spiritual answer. Give me the real answer. Tell him today. Yeah, I feel like he's letting me down. I feel like in the loss of this or the neglect of this we perceive, the, the problems that we have encountered on this face, financial, physical, emotional, mental, all these issues that we face. Yeah, I feel kind of like he's letting me down. I want to encourage you today. That hope does not start at the top. It starts when we place our faith in him. And when we believe in him. And that grace that he supplies. Grace that will lift us up. Not only from the depth of hell. But establish our going as David said. Placing our foot upon a rock off the miry clay. A living faith. It will pro provide peace and strength to stand. A power to rejoice. A glory in tribulation which brings patience and endurance. Then comes hope. When we're hopeful, we'll be unashamed. Why? Why? How, how can we be unashamed in this thing? First of all, because the love of God is for us. 
He said in verse 5, Hope makes not a shame of hope. The love of God is spread abroad. By the Holy Ghost. Why? Which is given unto us. Jesus said, If I know, I will send another come. Have you noticed today that we began with the Father? Peace with God. We have dwelt in the fullness of grace, which is the Son, peace through God. And we understand that walking every day is peace abiding in God, which is the Holy Spirit. We see the Trinity, the triune God, giving us victory through faith in Him. Not through two, not through one, but through all three. Because the love of God is for us. The love of God as a believer is in us. And the love of God should be displayed through us. As they come to the instruments this morning. I want to ask you. Is the power of God really is? Can people look and say, you know what? That person, I, I don't know how they deal with the situation that they're going through. I look at people as a preacher today. How, how do they face that? You know, what do we always ask when someone loses a level? How do they do? How do they do? What do they do? Under the circumstances. You don't know why believers are able to face that stuff? The same reason you're able to face the trials and tribulations in your life. Grace! 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 It's all about Jesus. Peace! Glory in Him. Glory in the church is Jesus. That is the victory. Faith! For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Is the power of God real in your life? Does your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your next door neighbor, your spouse see faith in God? Is it displayed without having to say anything just by the way you conduct yourself? By the life that you live, by how you pray, how you read, how you share, everything about your home is dependent upon the Lord. It's the power of God will be in you. As Matt also read this morning, 1 John 5 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. This is the victory. Is that faith real in your life? The disciples said, increase our faith. Help us to grow. You know what? That's a good prayer. A lot of people say, don't pray for patience. No, pray for faith. But understand, faith brings tribulation. Tribulation brings patience. But patience brings endurance. You don't want to stay as a baby Christian all your life, do you? It's time for some of us to get weaned off the milk and get on the milk. Because if you're going to find real hope for your marriage, you're going to find real hope. You know what the hope for Charlottesville is? You know what the hope for... The race wars and the, the political issues in America. You know what the hope is? Not a side. It's not Republicans. It's not them. 
Democrats. Jesus. For by grace are you saved. Faith. Faith is to meet you. I, I, listen, I cannot, I, I cannot know your heart. If you don't have that peace, if you don't have that hope, and if you're living a hopeless, peaceless, empty existence, I'm talking about as a believer, you know you're going to heaven, but it feels like you're dwelling in hell. Today you need to come and say, you know what, Lord? I pray that you would increase my faith, that my living faith would manage that saving faith. Believing that your grace is not just the substance of me going to heaven, but existing in hope and joy today. Somebody here today may be lost. You've convinced yourself you're okay. You have come and gone through every invitation set before you so far. You want to just sweat it out and get out this door. You may get out this doors. Dying of heaven. I know you will if you don't come and accept the grace that Jesus has provided for you. If you're saved today and you're living in anything less than the full-on victory that Jesus wants for you, peace and joy and hope, stand, you're not, you haven't been standing in the faith. School's just started and you're all about to be the greatest Christian this year and you've already fallen flat on your face. Listen, come back to Jesus. He still loves you. He didn't hear when you prayed last time. He knows. Come. Pray. God will give us the victory. I believe in Him. Stand in Come to Jesus. This is the only place you will find Him. In Jesus.